This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. A swerving stunner from Thiago and a dancing run from Mohamed Salah ensured Liverpool maintained their 100% winning record in the Champions League with a somewhat comfortable 2-0 win over FC Porto. The Portuguese opposition started well and it's only fair to say the Reds were in cruise control for the majority of the match. Jurgen Klopp's side were already ensured top spot in their group and a place in the knockout stages but there's no harm in an extra three points. Hear from the Liverpool manager himself and Thiago in their press conferences, the reaction of the fans from the stands, but first up of course is the latest edition of Paul Gorse battling those noisy Anfield lawnmowers. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. It was another ultimately comfortable night for Liverpool against Porto as they beat the uh, Portuguese side 2-0 here at Anfield this, uh, this evening. That makes it uh, 7-1 over the two games against the uh, Portuguese Giants and uh, Liverpool. Absolutely flying in Group B, they're now 11 points ahead of third place Milan. They were already secure of a place in the last 16 before kick-off here tonight, of course, but uh, just uh, continue to put their stamp on a group that was said to be the group of death before... Uh, Things got underway, and um, you know Liverpool really have made light of a group that contains AC Milan, uh, Porto, and Atletico Madrid, the Spanish champions. AC Milan, the seven-time winners, and Porto, uh, the biggest team in Portugal. But uh, none of them really matter. Liverpool have beaten them all. As I say, it's now five wins from five, and they move to Milan on December the seventh with a chance to complete the group with a flawless record. Uh, Eighteen points is now in contention, but that is probably. Um, not a too big a concern for Jurgen Klopp as they continue to uh, navigate a busy uh, end of the year for Liverpool. It's now 10 games between uh, this evening and um, the end of the year. So uh, that game against Milan on December the 7th, along with the Carabao Cup quarter-final against Leicester, just before Christmas, probably the two games that perhaps matter the least to Klopp in the grand scheme of things. But um, this one certainly matters to Liverpool, um, certainly from the team that Klopp put out, uh, the likes of Thiago Alcantara, and Mohamed Salah, the two goal scorers on the night started alongside uh, Ibu Kanate, um, Jordan Henderson, Andy Robertson and Fabinho all got around about 20-25 minutes and uh, it was a good night for all concerned, Alex Oxley chamberlain once again uh, impressing in midfield, Tyler Morton a uh, great night for him, the 19 year old making his first Champions League start, um, he of course has only uh, started in the uh, Carabao Cup for the Reds but this was uh, a big night that he'll never forget starting in midfield alongside Thiago he was surely a player he admired growing up as a, uh, a young wannabe midfielder, but he's uh, he's made a massive step forward in his career tonight, and he was excellent alongside Oxley Chamberlain and Thiago. Uh, Thiago, probably one of the match, he scored an absolute uh, worldy just behind me at the cop end, five minutes into the second half of the strike that's uh, reminiscent of Steven Gerrard against Olympiacos all those years ago in December 2004. I'm sure you remember that one, so it gives you an idea of just how good the strike was from Thiago. Um, Salah, as he does, as he tends to this season, he scored to make it 2-0. Uh, lovely move involving Tyler Morton and Henderson, and Salah finished it off, shimming his way into the box and firing past uh, Diogo Costa in the Porto goal. Uh, that was his last touch of the game. He come off, Origi come on, uh, Mane came off. Uh, as I say, on came Henderson, Fabinho, Andy Robertson. Liverpool starting to get players back at just the right time, and an injury list that left them without as many as nine players on Saturday against Arsenal as eased considerably and uh, Jürgen Klopp's made four changes tonight and Liverpool haven't been knocked out of their stride or their rhythm at all so they move on, it's now uh, Milan on December the 7th but uh, Southampton to come in the Premier League on Saturday that is the more pressing concern for Liverpool but uh, tonight was a good night, it's uh, another win for the Reds in the Champions League 5 from 5, 15 points, uh, they are 
the uh, dominant team in Group B and uh, they move on. It's finished here at Anfield. Liverpool 2, pause on nil. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, sure. Hi, Jürgen. Well done tonight. And first of all, I suppose we should start with Thiago's goal. Technique, pureness of strike. What more can you say about it? Well, not much. <laughs> Let me say we had bigger chances in the game than that. Um, but we scored with that situation because it was just incredible goal, obviously. Whoever sees Thiago in training knows that he has a technique to do it. But even with this technique, it doesn't happen constantly that he can um, fire such a thunderball. Um, but it was a good timing, to be honest. We, we, we could need it really well and um, a great goal. Um, the whole game is uh, was like um, we needed moments, some luck because of the a few new things we did today. They came through um, and had big chances. I think especially counter-attacking about um, uh, uh, over the left side were, were just uh, very tricky to, to defend. And um, so they had their moments, but they didn't score. We scored twice and controlled the game in the second half anyway much better. So really pleased with about the performance. It's the biggest positive continuing the rhythm of the side. Thiago seems to be getting rhythm about him. And we saw another goal from Mo. You've changed players tonight. You've been able to bring players back from injury as well. And we also saw Tyler Morton growing into the game. So is it all about rhythm and maintaining that rhythm? Is that the biggest positive tonight? Absolutely. That was the plan. We had really a lot of things to, to, to think about. Um, who came from injury, who, who played a lot of games, who need to get rested and all these kind of things. Um, even nobody felt like in this for this game, nobody felt like he needed rest because we, we had Saturday, Wednesday, that's all the boys are really used to that. They're completely fine and it's just then the amount of games coming up. So we need them really all in kind of a rhythm um, and that's why it made really sense to midline, the lineup made really sense tonight and um, so it worked really out, uh, out really well. So um, um, because nobody got injured, stuff like this. So everything is good. Thank you, Vinny. We'll go to Hideo. And at the moment, I think that's just about it for hands up. Hideo, if you could turn off mute. There we go. Hi, Jürgen. Hi, Hideo. Yeah, um, I think Taki played on the right in the last 20 minutes or so. And was it an indication of uh, you not really satisfied with the way he played in the middle or what was the thinking behind that switch? <laughs> I was completely happy with the way Jackie played um, and no, it has nothing to do. We had just to to see the game out with um, bringing on players and then we have to move it a bit around. Uh, and then Taki um, ended up on the right on the right wing, but that's uh, only a position where you defend um, in our system. You usually don't, you are not there as a right winger. Uh, you play in the half space, you drop, you do a lot of stuff and you are never a right winger. Like Mo is not a right winger when he's playing there. He's in moments a right winger, but in other moments he's a striker, in other moments he's uh, uh, a um, center forward, all these kind of things. So, um, no, I was very happy with Taki. Okay, thank you, Hideo. We go to uh, Babatunde and then Chris Basker, and that probably will be us. Babatunde. Hi, Yugen. Hi, Babatunde. Yeah, my name is um, Ojora Babatunde of OGB Sport. During your last pre-match presser, you demeanly regarded the Africa version of Eros Afcon as a little tournament. I think it's an insult to the players. It's an insult to the fans. It's an insult to the people. And it's an insult to the continent. And I think so, you're the continent and apology. It's all good. It, is, it was not, I didn't mean it like that. 
I didn't mean it like that. I don't know why you understand it like that. To be honest, that was what you said. I listened to the to the presser. That was what you said. You said oh, a no, little no, tournament and a continent in Africa. That was what you said. I didn't. I did. I didn't mean it like that. Okay, come on. Did you say what you say, and then I I start what I want to say. But you are not finished. Come on. No, I'm done. Understand. I said I think you are the continent and apology. That's it. I'm done. That's it. Thank you. So. I'm, re I'm really not, it was not even close and not even my idea in my mind that I want to talk about Afghan as a little tournament or about the continent of Africa, like a little, a little continent, not at all. So what I meant is because people said, and if you watch the full press conference, then you might have, if you wanted to understand it the right way, you could have understood it in the right way because they said there's no international break anymore until March. And I said, oh, there's a little tournament in January. And I didn't mean a little tournament. It just mean like you say it when there's still a tournament. It's ironic. There's still a tournament, a big one. We lose our best players to a Well, you to, wouldn't to say that in the heroes. You wouldn't say little tournaments in heroes. So I, I know I'm what I mean, and I understand I'm the content. I'm not a native speaker, but if you want to understand me wrong, you can do that all the time. I really, I really don't. I know that I never would think like this. I don't understand why you thought like this, to be honest, but that's really not okay because I would never do that. But that's it now. It was not my intention, but you made it up. You made something of it. So that's not so cool as well, to be 100% honest. Right. Chris, finish. Thank you. I think we've clarified it, which is it was an ironic statement. So, Chris, finish. Chris. All, all I was going to ask you again is that you, you've said many times that you wanted your team to be a side everyone really hated to play against or found so difficult more than any team to play against. Do you think you've really got to that stage again now? I mean, you, you've made so many changes tonight, but also just couldn't really, they couldn't really land a punch on your team today. Because we could have, we could have lost this game tonight. We, we, we gave chances away where they could have scored, and it would have made a game obviously really difficult. So we should not make too much of it. We were lucky in moments, but yes, um, we have our moments where we are really um, um, not cool to play against. That's true, uh, and I didn't expect that tonight really because we we we, we changed decisive things to be honest so and that's uh, then it's uh, that we don't expect that the boys immediately get like a ruthless pressing machine or whatever you you just know we have to grow into the game and that's what happened actually that's what i'm happy about and um but there's so many games coming up and it's always you you charge one game that's the game today but actually um I think we have to play even better on Saturday against Southampton because they are a proper pressing machine and they go really for it. And we have to make sure that we are ready for that. And this game tonight helped, obviously, because we could rest players, we could give rhythm to other players, we could um, bring players back after injury, all these kind of things. So um, a lot of good things happened tonight, but I'm not sure we should um, make the mistake now to say we are this or that again what we are or what we were, we will know after the season. But in a moment, we are in a good moment and we should um, try everything to keep that going. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Hi, Thiago. Yeah, good evening. Well, well done tonight. Your first Champions League goal for Liverpool, first Champions League goal for three and a half years. How good was that strike for you and where does it rank in your best goals? Well, it feel it felt better to to win the game, to get the three points, to see that the team 
still hungry even we are qualified for, uh, for the next stage so i think uh, that's the best feeling that we are uh, still in that mood that we want to win every game and mostly here at home and for sure the goal is a uh, uh, is a detail of the game that for the, the the chances we had ours and with this detail also more was an incredible goal we thought we could uh, have the win tonight Obviously, you spoke yesterday about a certain amount of frustration over your time at Liverpool through the injuries, but do you feel that we are beginning to see the best of you now more regularly? Well, I try to, to give my best for the team. Uh, I want to play for them. I want to be able for the team in all the phases of football, and I'm here for that. And at the end, it's about rhythm. It's about having uh, games in a sequence and to build up this uh, physically, this this uh, rhythm to play with the team and to play the, the training ones that I play. How positive was tonight again for the rhythm of the whole team? Because as well as your goal, another goal for Mo, players coming back from injury and Tyler Morton as well growing into the game the way he did. Yeah, it was a... Uh... And, and also players that doesn't they don't usually play they played an amazing game so uh, we add this to the all the points that you you mentioned uh, that's the point that's that's why we are very happy because with all those factors that you you mentioned we are still having this um, ambitious football this uh, hunger that we have so I think this makes you make us uh, very happy tonight okay Glenn um, your question. Uh, hello, Thiago. Uh, just what does that goal do for you after a few injury problems for yourself? What, sorry? Uh, what does that goal do for you after a few injury problems for yourself, confidence-wise? Well, it's. Uh, I think for all the football players, it's amazing to score a goal. And, and for me, it's important a goal to help the team. And, and also, it's incredible to score a goal in front of this crowd. Okay, Carl. Hi, Thiago. Hi. Just on, on Tyler Morton again, um, what did you make of his performance and, and did you say anything to him to give him any advice beforehand? Yeah, first of all, and I love to to train and to play alongside the, the young players to to just have this feedback of hunger, of starting point of their careers and also to give some uh, teaching words for them to make them the path a bit uh, brighter and, and better. And happened with Tyler and then the first time that he came, I say, who is this player? Because he was training amazingly with us and, and he deserved to, to be part of the team tonight. He did an amazing game as well. Uh, I think he will, ha he will have a bright and, and, and great career uh, here at Liverpool and, and football in general. And we are really happy to have him and we really got to play uh, with him uh, tonight. Game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool 2, Porto 0, um, and just puts an even bigger gap on um, qualifying in the group, um, this so called group of death. Uh, I think once again we've put that name to the sword, haven't we? Um, yeah, obviously it was, it was a bit of a tough game to sort of get up for as a fan tonight. Um, only on the basis that we've already qualified and, you know, with two games to spare, that's obviously brilliant. But to be fair, the lads, you know, they looked full throttle again tonight. Um, obviously Klopp mixed the team up a little bit, didn't mix it up too much. 
um, which I think is obviously good in those sort of games. You know, you can't go, you can't go League Cup standard uh, when you're playing against Champions Champions League opposition. Um, so I mean, going through the team, I thought at the back with Canate, um, I thought first half he looked a little bit shaky, but you're going to expect that he's not, you know, had the minutes in the tank so far this season. So I thought overall he was good. Simicas again, you know. Well, what a backup we've got there for Andy Robertson. Um, but what I thought was quite interesting in the second half was when Robertson did come on, you know, he looked like he had fire in the belly. I think he now, he now knows he's got real competition with some McCast there, um, which is obviously great to see. Um, Nico Williams <clears throat> didn't... Um, he was always lively. He was always a live wire. Um, I just feel like maybe the ball didn't drop from enough in the game. Not to say that he had a poor game. Um, he was always looking and he was always pushing on. I thought defensively he was sound as well. Maybe he just didn't get the look of the, the bounce in the uh, in the final third. Um, midfield, really impressive. Um, Tyler Morton, young lad coming in, playing Champions League football. You know How can you not be impressed with that? Um, absolutely delighted. He got the full 90 minutes as well. Um, he deserved it. I thought it was superb. Um, especially for Salah's goal. You know, the long ball over the top. I think the commentators didn't really pick on pick up on that maybe as much as they should have, but that was a great ball through to Salah um, to set him away. Um, Thiago with the uh, obviously with the daisy cutter goal. Um, what a strike. What an unbelievable strike. Um in a week where he was saying in his press conferences, you know, he was putting cold water over the Barcelona links and he goes and does that. You know, we, we, he's a world-class talent, um, as we as we all know, but what what a goal. Um, only going to help his confidence as well going into the next game. Um, Oxlade-Chamberlain, yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, if I was going to do contenders for man of the match, I think it'd be between him and Minamino for me. Um, I thought he was really good. He looked so energetic in midfield. I think he's really wanting to sort of cement that position um, in this starting eleven now. Um, so I thought he was impressive. Um, in the front three, um, Salah and Mane, just exactly what you expect from them boys. Um, obviously Mane scores. I think he was a little bit unlucky to get that goal chalked off. A bit tight saying it was offside, but it is what it is. Thought he was a live wire, a threat throughout the whole game. Salah, especially in the second half, actually thought um, Porter's left back actually did quite a good job on Salah. To be fair, but you know the inevitability of Salah was always going to come through. Um, and Minamino, like I say, I think contender with Oxley Chamberlain for man of the match for me. I thought he was really good. Um, he looked like a Bobby esque performance there, the way he was dropping in and collecting the ball. Um, his press and his work rate. Um, he got a goal chalked off as well, but you know he was in the right positions, and I was really impressed with him. Um, I would have no um, no complaints if he started on Saturday against Southampton, to be quite honest. Um, and yeah, we had some of the boys coming off the bench as well, which is good to get minutes in the tank. Um, like I say, with Robertson, he looks like he you know he's he knows he's got competition at left back, which is obviously a great thing. Um, but yeah, you know this just sort of cements. Um, Liverpool's position um, 
in in not only in the group but you know record breaking now. I think it, they were saying at the end there that we're one of the first team, one of the first English teams in the last, or we are the first English team in the last eighty years to have scored two or more goals in the last sixteen games in a row. You know, <laughs> Jurgen Klopp's record breakers. They just keep doing it. Um, and you know, just the winning mentality goes on. Keep winning games, and you know, hopefully we can bring that one into Southampton at the weekend. It ends up being a comfortable win for Liverpool in the second half, in which I felt they played quite well in that period. And it was in contrast to the first half where Liverpool really struggled. I think there's a number of factors. Obviously, you've got a much changed side, and you've also got to factor in that the game is essentially a dead rubber in terms of Liverpool so that desire that extra 1% of motivation may not be there for the players although I'm sure there's all the will in the world to play well just sort of intrinsically that intrinsic motivation that you would have if if there was a, a goal or an objective more at risk or on the line is obviously going to be just a few percent short and I think really the game and the next few weeks is, is interesting in the fact of how Liverpool are going to manage their better players to get their better players available and in peak condition for the Premier League games, which I know obviously there's a lot of games over the next few weeks. However, you've got cup ties thrown in there, you've got another dead rubber Champions League fixture. So it really is all about trying to maximise the amount of points in the Premier League, especially as Liverpool have, have stumbled in that sense over the last few weeks. And with Manchester City and Chelsea, such fantastic teams, both with and without the ball, which is backed up in the statistical figures, then it is going to be difficult for Liverpool to keep pace. And I think that's what Liverpool need to do during this period. They need to keep pace with the the top two within the league. And then hopefully they can build some momentum going into the back end of the season. I mean, the big sort of problem on the horizon is going to be Salah and Manny being away for the African Nations Cup. And Liverpool have never had to deal with both players being absent for any period of time since both have been at Liverpool. And how they manage that, I just think is going to be absolutely fascinating because not only you're losing both of your best attacking weapons and obviously your best player in the side in Salah, but you haven't really got the player profiles to, to be able to replicate what these players do. I mean, obviously Klopp will stick to his default 4-3-3 Formation. I think we, we know that he's pretty ingrained in that and all the, the movements both in and out of possession are very much structured towards the side playing that way. So, obviously, Firmino will be back fit in the next few weeks and obviously he'll have to get up to, to speed very quickly and would take up that normal central position that he plays and you'd imagine Jota will play one of the two sides. Obviously, his favourite side is, is that left-hand side but obviously the other player who would look you would look to probably play in that front three might be Minamino to form what you would believe would be the players to play within that system while the both players are absent. And then you really are reliant on on either of the well either of the main two really in Jota and Firmino not picking up a knot, which would mean that they're out and then it really does look to start looking threadbare. But I think I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of there's a lot of fixtures in the in the period, but as I talked about, there's a lot of cup ties thrown in there. So it is all about them Premier League fixtures, and if Liverpool are able to survive without them players, 
And my honest answer to that is I think it'll be really, really difficult to be able to do. Obviously, backing that up, what would massively help that period and over the next few weeks as well, and the season that is, is that Liverpool's other elite players, which are scattered throughout the side, are available. Because if you have a strong base while the, the forward players are out, then hopefully it'll allow Liverpool to still be competitive and be able to get over the line in games. And I think the selections will be really fascinating over the next few weeks because obviously you've seen today Thiago coming off towards the end of the fixture, Henderson uh, being slowly integrated over the last two games back in the back in the start in 11. And obviously you've got to manage Fabinho who's had a lot of injured periods over the last year or so. And you can't really afford for them three players to be out. I mean, you'd you like to have that solid structure of Fabinho, Jordan Henderson and Thiago for as many of them Premier League games as you possibly can. Especially with, with some of the alternative options not being available at this moment in time. And obviously the same goes for Alexander-Arnold in particular. You're really going to have to manage his minutes because you take Alexander-Arnold out and then not only are you losing them forward players who do the damage in terms of finishing the moves and being the productive forces inside the penalty area for Liverpool, but you also take away the production line in terms of him being the most or one of the most creative players in the league and how Liverpool would then adapt to that. And they, I, I think that is, would be a blow if Alexander-Arnold was, was out for a period of time. That would, would be too much for Liverpool to absorb and especially, like I say, if any of that midfield were out for a consistent period, really. So I think it is finely balanced. I don't think Liverpool can afford any more knocks during the period and they somehow need to get their players into peak fitness and also have a bit of luck as well, you know, because obviously injuries can be factored into to luck elements on the field of play. It's not just about... Obviously, players having potentially poor injury records, or it can also be, you know, freak moments on a on a field, which can influence the rest of your season. And I always listen to a lot of sometimes pundits fans talk about, well, what if Liverpool lost Salah? What if Liverpool lost Money? And it does make me laugh because over the the course of the last few years, that's always been the case anyway. I mean, you could argue actually that Liverpool squad is stronger than when they won the Champions League and is stronger than when they won the actual league title. When you look at the only real player that they've lost is Van Alden, who's obviously a, a big miss. But when you factor in the likes of Jota, Thiago, obviously you had players like Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott making the leap and the more options that they have at centre-half and quality options in the left-back area. And even the backup goalkeeper. I mean, Liverpool have a stronger squad and it's always been hinged on some of the better players keeping fit and that's one of the ways Liverpool recruit it, is that obviously they try and acquire players who are available. There's no better quality than for a footballer than being available in Liverpool in the top end of the pitch, especially the players are always available. So with the African Nations Cup, it does throw up a different scenario, but Liverpool will have been aware of this and it's obviously going to be a calculated risk in terms of financially but also you know people talk about and I've mentioned this before oh Liverpool you know they've left themselves short in that forward area but when you look at it in terms of the highest line of the pitch and I've talked about this before but there's normally only so many options 
the, the, the teams have to play on the highest line and Liverpool have four really fantastic first choice options who can play there and then obviously you've got the backup options of the likes of Origi, Minamino and then he would have probably looked at somebody like Harvey Elliott who could also adopt a position on that that side of the pitch so and then the idea that well you just go out and buy players and then they're happy to to be a player who sits on the substitute bench so it's really difficult one but it's one that I'm really interested to see how the manager it handles and I'm hoping that Liverpool can get a bit of luck in terms of other personnel staying fit during the period because I think ultimately that might make the difference in what is going to be a title race against two fantastic teams and I feel that Liverpool are going to need everything to go right for them to be able to stay in that race judging by the evidence so far. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.